Welcome to the Contractor Soapbox Podcast. We have made it to our second episode. Well, here we are. Today we're going to talk about should you fire a client. So, uh, as you know, we have worked in the mowing business. We've worked in the contracting as far as the hardscaping, landscaping, installation side. Uh, I will say the the mowing side, you know, we have definitely had more customers that irritate us and we have found that maybe they just need to go to a different contractor than us another lawn care service you know it's really up to you on how you take care of that but here's what what we've done here's my suggestions and then i'll give you a couple scenarios that we've dealt with as well so first off when it comes to mowing we've had quite a bit of customers not quite a bit i guess but more than the landscaping installation side and the hardscaping side of it uh, most of that is probably because had more customers since we don't do that anymore. You know, when you think about it, mowing and lawn care, the fertilizer, everything like that, you're dealing with, you know, you could be dealing with a hundred plus customers a week compared to the landscaping installations. You're dealing with one or two, uh, maybe a little bit more just for the estimates and everything like that. So, uh, as far as the mowing goes, we've had customers that don't like the way we mow. Definitely have had all sorts of complaints about it. A lot of it ridiculous. So, for example, we had a lady last year that she constantly had something to complain about. And honestly, the last straw that we ran into was she wanted her property bagged. And generally in Michigan here, we do not bag the properties. We prefer to let those clippings go back out into the lawn, feed the lawn as they do. Um, But she had some extra growth uh, quite often, wanted it bagged, but she didn't want to pay for it. So the guys would go out, they would mow, there would be clippings most of the time, you know, they would They'd blow them around, things like that, try to get them dispersed out, but she still didn't like it. She had emailed us, and Vicki took care of that one time and said, you know, if you want them to bag it, that's not a problem. Here's what the cost would be. I forget what it was. I want to say it was $20, $25 more, um, maybe less actually, because we were able to dump the clippings on their property. So anyways, didn't hear about it for another eight weeks, and then all of a sudden she's got a problem with it again. At that time, we had decided that it was time to uh, separate ways, and I told her, you know, I would meet with her, no problem, whatever you want to do the next morning, Um, and I was going to address that with her, and fortunately, we both came to the agreement that she should probably just mow her own lawn, and I actually ended up helping her, you know, decide on what mower she was going to buy so she could mow her own lawn because she felt that she could do a better job than what we could do or any other company in the area could do. Um, So that's one example. You know, that one was pretty easy. We have had people harass our guys before, and I just... I just tell them, sorry, I, I don't think this is a good fit for us. And it's not so much that way. Usually Vicky's much nicer about it. Usually when uh, it comes time to um, deal with a client like that, Vicky does send a nice email just referring them maybe to another, another contractor in the area um, and letting them know that we're just not a good fit for you, it sounds like, because sometimes they just want 
one certain guy on there. Um, we've actually had quite a bit of customers in the past ask us if they can have Matt. Matt is uh, our main guy. He can't be mowing grass, or at least he couldn't be when when we were doing that. But he he shouldn't be mowing grass. He should be putting in patios, landscaping, things like that. Things that he's actually skilled at, not riding on a mower and running around with a whip. Um, there were a couple times, you know, we had sent Matt out and he would check on the properties as he was doing it. Or I would go out myself and do it as well. Um, sometimes it is nice to just get on a mower and and do that. But generally we cannot say, okay, every Tuesday me or Matt is going out and and mowing this person's route and sending unskilled labor onto a landscape or patio job or retaining wall, whatever it may be. So anyways, we we have done that before. Again, generally, we do try to be nice about it. Like I said, Vicky generally tries to be the one that kind of says those things or does those things, take care of that, that end of it. Um, but sometimes you just can't have that uh, that happen. And I don't want our employees going out and thinking great it's Wednesday I don't want to go to this guy's house because you know he's mean he's rude whatever it may be um, we have also dealt with it on the landscape side as well a lot of this you know is is up to you on how you want to do that but sometimes you just have to let people go and if you've got a bad feeling when you go to an estimate even then you can even tell people then this is not for us. You need to find another contractor. Uh, there's plenty of them around. It's not like they can't find somebody else, and you can even refer them to somebody else if you want to. It just depends on who you want to put that burden on, maybe, as well. So recently, we did have to fire a client. Um, they were supposed to have a paver patio put in. It was right around 600 square feet originally, and I, had, I personally had met with uh, the wife, and she came out and showed me a sketch that she had had drawn up that uh, another nursery in the area actually drew up so she could do some landscaping around the house, but after the build of their house, they decided that they didn't want to do the landscaping, they just wanted this patio, so she showed me this sketch that this nursery had drawn up, and... Um, had measurements and everything on it. it was great and that's what she wanted and the nursery didn't plan on installing the patio anyways they had just shown that as as part of the design so anyways this was back in april i wrote the estimate for what she wanted gave her a, a simple little sketch on some 9 by 12 paper or whatever the size it is and sent it over to her she had said you know she wanted a fire pit a seating bench patio you know things like that nothing crazy out of the ordinary just a 600 square foot patio with a couple little add-ons here and there so draw it up send it over to her she decides that she doesn't want the fire pit because it's exceeded her budget so take the fire pit out then she decides that she doesn't want the seating bench so we take the seating bench. okay so then she sees the final cost after taking those items out and i i can't remember what it was but either way she tells me that she doesn't, she thinks that we are charging way too much and she thinks that during COVID times everybody upped their labor and because we're so busy we feel that we can up our labor charge and everything like that. Well, honestly, I didn't up any labor uh, and generally we don't uh, unless we, we do hit a high demand point, we will do so um, 
and and as you, anybody should really. So she had looked up on some some sort of website online that said a 600 square foot patio should only cost about six thousand dollars. Well. Uh, if you've got any experience in paver patio work or anything like that, that's completely ridiculous. You're not even going to get material probably for that amount. Uh, if you are, you're going to be very close to it. So she finally decided, I called her, calmed her down a little bit. She finally decided to go with us on doing it. Not that she had actually called any. She pays the down payment, and the way we do payments is 33% down. To schedule the deposit, or to schedule the project, 33% down uh, before we arrive on the first day. So pretty much we expect to have it within the, the day before we start, or maybe even a couple days if they want to pay. Either way, the invoice gets sent out a week ahead of time, so they have time to pay they're they're 33 percent down and at that point we are 66 percent down before we even start the project our materials are covered a good majority of our labor is covered by that time we're pretty well set and so if we don't get final payment for some point for some reason we do have a good hold on on the the payments and we're not really we're still out but we're not out like it would be so this was back in april and then in July, we were supposed to start the project. And she had asked if I could come out and draw, you know, spray and mark where the patio was going to be. So we go out there, meet the husband uh, that is with her as well. And I start marking lines and he informs me that there's a drain field there in part of our patio that we had talked about. So that's already a problem. Uh, I, I definitely don't feel comfortable putting a patio on top of the drain field. Um, I have been told that there's ways to do it. I just personally don't feel comfortable doing that, certainly if there does need to be work done on it. He had caps to his drain field right there, and we were going to cover them up more than likely. So we had to say, okay, let's rethink this. No big deal. We just made it a little bit smaller is what we ended up doing. And instead of putting an inlay with a circle and everything on the side corner, we just ended up pretty much making a rectangle that I believe was like 20 by 25 or something. So then he, uh, the husband began to accuse us of just trying to make money. Well, I don't know about you, but if you own a contracting business or any business at all, you should be trying to make money. Um, I know I'm trying to make money. Uh, you should be trying to make money. If, if you're not trying to make money, then you have what's called a hobby. And this is probably not the best way to go unless you have other cash flow coming from somewhere else. But this is a business. You need to make money. Uh, then he, he, he accused us pretty much of everything in the book, you know, overcharging on brick and everything like that. So uh, he also cut Vicky off because Vicky had come out with me to uh, measure out things and, and kind of talk to them. And then also she had to, we had to go see our supplier about a couple of things. So she had rode in the truck. With. So anyways, I really thought about at that point telling them that they needed to find another contractor. I didn't, I really should have. I told them that I would go back to the office, figure out the new price for them based on the 20 by 25. I already had the order through Belgard or through my supplier that was for Belgard brick ordered. I didn't have it personally, 
but our supplier was going to pick it up the next week and bring it to this job site. So thankfully, it is a brick that's pretty well used, and, and that wasn't going to be an issue if we canceled the project. And we do even have in our service agreement that we have a non-refundable deposit. And really, I don't foresee a reason on why we would keep somebody's deposit, but we do have it in there just in case we ever need to. We do also have it in there that if brick is returned or any other kind of material is returned, that we do charge a restocking fee just like the supplier charges us. So anyways, before we leave, he informs us where the septic tank is, which really wasn't a problem. You measure it out, and we had more than enough room to fit our T66 in there. Um, so go back, fix the estimate, send it off to her, even call her and say, here's what it is. It dropped by, I forget what it was. I want to say it was like $1,500, maybe $2,000, maybe, uh, because there was less cuts and everything. Um, oh, also while we were out there, he wanted us to raise the patio on one side for a very strange reason. I'm not sure why, but he wanted us to raise the patio on one side and for us to eat the cost of the block to raise that patio because the grade was... The way he wanted it, the grades was so steep there was no, you know, grading off of it or anything like that. It would have to be raised, I think it was like a foot and a half. Um, so anyways, I call her, we go through all that, and uh, she's happy with the, the new price of it, and then she calls me about five minutes later and says, well, the pipe going from the house to the septic is right through the travel area for your skid steer. I said, okay, well, should be right around two feet in the ground. I'm not too worried about it. We'll put wood over top of it, kind of disperse that weight anyways. Um, she said, okay. Well, then her husband, I guess, goes out and finds out that it's not two feet under the ground. He actually only put it 12 inches in the ground, uh, which is a problem for Michigan. Um, I'm not a huge fan of only putting things 12 inches in the ground that hold water in Michigan, um, unless we're talking about just some normal lawn drainage, things like that. But, yeah, 12 inches in the ground is not a great depth. So they want us to drive our T66 that we just got this year um, that just actually crossed over 100 hours last week, I think it was, or maybe it was the week before. And they want us to drive it through a swamp on the other side of the lawn and climb a hill that is right around 40 degrees of a slope. And, you know, they're, they're not putting things together. They want us to pretty much move these brick pallets, which... If you know anything about Belgard, uh, most of their pallets weigh oh, right around 25 to 3,500 pounds, which it's not a problem for the T66 to pick up, but it is a problem when I'm going up an angle or a slope like that, and I don't feel comfortable having my guys do it, and I'm not going to do it myself either. Certainly going through a swamp when you add that much weight onto a bobcat or a skid steer and sink that thing in the swamp. So... Anyways, later on that night, she sent multiple emails. Between 9 and 10, I think she sent three emails that night. Of course, I'm not responding back to those emails between 9 and 10 o'clock. Um, I do have a family. I do have a life. Um, so I'm not responding back to those. Even though there are quite a bit of times that I'm working in the office between 9 and 10. So anyways, uh, the last email right before 10 o'clock was a email of why aren't you responding to me from this uh, customer. She doesn't understand why I won't respond to her. 
she needs to know answers right now, everything like that. So I called her the next morning and she had just paid the second deposit. So currently we had 66% of her money for the job. And um, I had looked into to my credit card processor and made sure that I could refund this money and everything. I did give her a call. Um, I very calmly and nicely did let her know that we would be canceling the project. And she told me that I couldn't. I informed her that I can um, and I will be refunding her money uh, through CardPoint, which is our processor, through the CRM that we have and everything like that. And, you know, it takes as long as it takes. Once I hit refund, generally I would expect three to five business days. But honestly, at that point, you know, I hit refund. That was kind of on her at that point. I felt like, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like at that point I hit refund and I just did not care. I did not want to work for these people any longer. So anyways, uh, she went into a big long thing about how doing more and, and, and maybe she's right. Maybe I should be doing more, but her concerns were that I did not write. She told me I should write a two page long description on what I'm going to do for her project and that's why she was so in my terms annoying and frustrating with us but then she also informed me that her husband thought that he could do the job better and that's why he was so rude I did inform her that her husband was very rude and he was a main reason on why we decided to uh, to cancel the project uh, because I felt as though and Vicky felt the same way I was going to have to be out there every single day fielding these these issues that you know this person was going to have or these people were going to have and in all honesty the this customer was probably going to cost us way more money than we would ever even think about making on this this price so we've dealt with people like that before we stuck it up or we sucked it up and dealt with it and in the end it it bit us so i'm just not going to deal with that anymore. Um, I did give her a call, like I said. I let her know. We talked for a little bit. Uh, come to find out, their first home builder had actually quit on shortly before the home was supposed to be built as well. And then some other contractor had quit on them previously for something else. I think it was their concrete guy or something for their garage. So this is not a surprise to me. Uh, I will say when you go on an estimate or anything like that, you know, let's say you're on an estimate or somebody calls you on the phone, anything, red flags go up when somebody says, well, this contractor just quit in the middle of the job. Um, and I, and sometimes it does happen. I mean, there's definitely some contractors out there, you know, that don't have insurance and things like that. And they don't follow through on their work. But I will say if, if somebody's complaining about, you know, if this contractor didn't do this job right and this contractor didn't do this job right, there's definitely an issue there. I would probably stay as far away as possible from that, that client, possible client. Uh, find any way you can. Maybe, you know, tell them nicely that you don't want to do the work. You could also refer them to another contractor that maybe can do the work a little bit better than you, or at least you can make them think that, you know, uh, you, you just have to find a way to get out of that. Uh, we, we've told people that we're booked up for the year, uh, when in all reality, we probably could have done their small project the next weekend, you know, for mulch or whatever it may be. But 
when you hear a red flag like that, it's just time to walk away from the situation because it's not worth it because you're not going to make any money on it. Well, and, and for example, this, this afternoon I went to an estimate and the guy told me I show up there, the deck is not built or it's, it's built. It's just not completed. He tells me, well, the contractor left and has never returned my phone call in three weeks. Uh, then he starts telling me that he has lost five contractors since he moved into the house two years ago, uh, five contractors for various different projects around the house. So right there, I thought, nope. I don't want to be here. It's a waste of my time because nothing's ever going to be good enough. And he did tell me how the other contractors just didn't do their job right and he knows how to do it. So that's a problem. We're not going to work with him. Um, in fact, I will be calling him tomorrow uh, to let him know that we cannot do anything for his project. I know at first, when you're first starting out, nobody wants to lose a customer. Certainly, if you want to stick with them and you're trying to make money i get it i will say when it comes to mowing we have had some customers that i would love to just get rid of you know um we've had that time where they just come out and say something to you and you think all right you just need to calm down relax think about it okay there's a lot of these oh, there are some customers that may frustrate you one day and then the next day they bring you out some cookies or something um which if you have a customer that brings you out cookies you keep that customer. Uh, we definitely had a we had a customer uh, for years when we were mowing and doing lawn care and everything uh, that she would bring cookies out to the guys or whoever was on that job. If she wasn't there, there was a bag of cookies on her front porch for anybody that was working there. And she would write on there, you know, midden mowing. So the guys would take them and you, she generally split them up into into two bags because she knew with the mowing there was always two guys usually on that crew uh i was actually on a job last year with with doing some retaining wall work and, and a paver patio for her uh, and every day she made fresh baked cookies we got there at eight o'clock in the morning by 9 30 we had fresh baked chocolate chip cookies or pumpkin cookies or banana something you know she always found something to make for us and she was a great customer and honestly We've got a project coming up next year, right next door to her, and I hope that we get some then. So, anyways, we have had customers. I know I got off on a tangent there. We have had customers that, that we only mow for, and they are very annoying people. Uh, we had uh, one guy that ran a commercial site for us. I, I couldn't stand him. Couldn't stand him. In fact, even thinking about him kind of raises my blood pressure just a little bit. So sometimes we did find, though, just to let it ride for the rest of the season. And then the next season, tell them we will no longer be servicing you. Uh, we actually had a couple, a few customers a few years ago. I can't remember exactly what year it was. But anyways, I think it was 2020 that we were moving out of that location. And we'll in a later episode, I will get route density and things like that. But anyways, we were moving out of that area. We didn't want to be in that area anymore. And honestly, I don't want to landscape in that area anymore either, just because getting supplies there is so incredibly difficult. But sometimes we do landscape up in that area just because we make a higher profit margin off of it. Um, and that's, that's just how it is. So we had two letters that we sent out to customers in that area. We had one letter that said, we are no longer mowing, but we are providing landscaping services, just no reoccurring or cleanups or anything like that. But if you want to pave a patio, a brand new landscaping in your yard, grading, drainage, anything like that, 
give us a call. We'll come take care of you. And then we had another letter that went out that year that said, we're out of your area. We're not servicing you anymore. We're not doing anything, really. You know, it, it was a much nicer letter, obviously. Vicky's generally pretty nice about, about writing those things to where I am very cut and dry to the point, say, nope, we're done. We are done. So I actually did have a previous customer call. He had my personal cell phone number at the time, so that was super fun. After we sent out the one that we're not doing anything, we're not in the area, we're not servicing you whatsoever, uh, he called while I was in the ICPI class, left me a wonderful message about how you know he is in control of his contract and he can do whatever, and we actually don't have any contracts. We never did have a contract. You know, it, there was a service agreement, but never a con. So I had to call him back. I'm not going to just ignore it. I did call him back. Uh, he did tell me how he was uh, not going to let us leave, and we will continue to mow his property. did have to uh, end up telling him, no, we don't mow in that area anymore, so we're not mowing your property. And, and that's how it ended with him. But it was quite interesting that the guy felt that he could call my personal cell phone and, and let me know that he will let me know what's going to happen. And he's in. So, and then we actually did have some customers in that area that we, we had to cancel just because of the route density issues and everything like that, that I really did hate to lose. They were, they were great people. But when it comes down to it, the clients are clients. Even if you've had them for 5, 10, 15 years, they are clients and you just have to let them go because if it's not making you money, then again, you have a hobby. It doesn't work anymore. So anyways, uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you'd leave some ratings and reviews uh, so that way we can see how we're doing. I know it's fresh new podcast. I've only done one other podcast that I did not host. Um, I was on Britt Dowd's podcast a couple years ago. I think it was 2020 actually at LAL 2020. Uh, that's hosted by Brian, but we had gone up to uh, Britt Dowd's or been on Britt Dowd's podcast. If you don't know who Britt Dowd is. He runs Green Again Lawn Care. I don't think he really has a podcast anymore. I haven't heard from him in a while as far as the podcasts go, uh, but it's called Lawn Care Leaders. It is a pretty good, it is a really good podcast if you're interested in listening to something else and I haven't heard that one before. But anyways, um, trying to get better at this. Editing, I am doing myself. So hope it's good. We'll see. Uh, and then we'll go from there. But again, leave ratings and reviews. You can always uh, send us a message, I'm sure. Again, I'm not exactly sure how all this works. I'm actually not familiar with Apple too well. I've got Android, so I listen to Google Podcasts usually or Spotify sometimes. But generally, I just pull things off of uh, Google Podcasts, which is very, uh, very different. I guess you could say you don't leave ratings or reviews. Um, also, you can find us on Instagram at Midland Landscape Design, and uh, you can always send us a comment there. But until next time, which seems to be a weekly thing on Wednesdays, we will talk again.